Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skos-Gaspo. Well guys, mercifully, um, we can put it, huh. we can put an end to this season of basketball. Uh, with Northwestern's loss last night to Illinois in the Big Ten Championship. Um, tough loss. And, you know, that, that was a game that was ugly and good and close and weird. I mean, there was, it pretty much encapsulated the entire season. <laughs> I mean, just horrible offense at times and, you know, solid defense at times and things fell apart late. It's, it's kind of doubly rough too because, I mean, you've got our rival, Illinois, and they were a bad team for a lot of the season. I mean, they were one of the worst teams in the country for the first half of the year. But you kind of see them put it together, and you look at their freshman class with Georgie. I'm not going to try to say his last oh, name. Oh, come on, come on, come on. But he's Georgie. <clears throat> and, um, <laughs> yeah, and, and Ayo Desunmu, who, you know, obviously was a big Northwestern target for years. Uh, and ended up at Illinois. And you can just see the pieces are there, that that team is stacked with young talent, and they're still figuring it all out, and that they're going to get better. And then you juxtapose it for Northwestern, and we are just a gigantic question mark. Um, the you know the wheels fell off, what, lost 11 of the last 12. And, and you know, you look at Desunmu and a couple of other Illinois players, and, you know, like... Even when Illinois was kind of running around with a chicken with their head cut off in overtime, the one thing they had was a lot of fast guys who could handle the ball, and we have nary a one of those. And it's going to be a, a major issue. And uh, you know, it's we really are you know back to square one here. There's still you know you still got a bevy of talent, um, but uh, but we are we're not where we want to be right now, and we're going to have to find a path forward. Yeah, I think it's it's worth calling out Vic Law couldn't play last night. Um I thought I thought the team played hard as hell uh in in a situation they they could have had a letdown, you know. And um, and did for for the last four for that whole streak. They never stopped playing hard. Yep. Yep, very true. Um and you know, we've we've talked a lot about the structural issues this year, um the the missing guards uh by way of either transfer or um the the one that didn't show up. Or well, I think he got told to leave. Yeah. Um, the the non admission, yeah, the non admission. Um, I you know, there's also there's I've been I've been saying this a lot on Twitter over the last maybe month month and a half. Like I've kind of it started as a quarter baked theory, and I've kind of like three quarters baked it. And it's this idea that the coaching staff has been making kind of like some short term calls around especially playing time decisions. You know, you think about um, guys like Barrett Benson and Ryan Greer and Miller Kopp in particular, not a lot of playing time in the, in the first, you know, in the opening half of this year in, I'll say in big games, those guys certainly got some run in some of the non-con, but um, you, you, and, and John, that Illinois comparison is spot on because that's a team that they, they just threw their guys out there in the beginning of the year. And now they're starting to gel and come together could that have been possible for Northwestern this season? And somebody last night reminded me how close we were to beating Oklahoma, Michigan, and Indiana 
uh, right in that in that flip of the calendar from December to to, uh, to January, and what those wins would have would have meant for the trajectory of this year and the ultimate outcome. Like I like I don't I don't think this team was ever going to the NCAA tournament, but I think we could have all felt a lot better about how how they ended the ended the the careers of, of law and pardon um certainly on the score sheet and uh just from like an entertainment perspective and i was reminded of those games and it made me think yeah you know maybe it was a good plan to to focus on the short bench and we've got these two senior players that are are really talented and and really good leaders and you know are going to put everything on the line for Northwestern every time they hit the floor. Why don't why maybe why not lean into that and take a chance? And and it didn't work. I you know, we we came we came up short and as a result, you know, we had short legs and not a lot of experience on the on the bench the rest of the way the rest of the way home. So I've I've kind of come to I don't know, come to grips with that a little bit more. Um it was it was frustrating me a lot when we get into into some of these games where all of a sudden, you know, Miller cop is starting to look really good. You've got, I mean, last night you've got Turner driving the lane against, uh, and, and just like, like taking him off the dribble over and over. Like Illinois had to change their defense to shut that down and thinking, gosh, where has that been all year? But, um, in retrospect, when I step back and look at the whole thing, like it's, it feels like more of an unfortunate series of events than, um, than a complete miscalculation or, or screw job. Well, I mean, hopefully that's the case, and you know, hopefully we don't see uh, a rash of transfers after this season. Um, yeah, because you know, yeah, you got it. You got to think like you got like a guy like Rapolis Ivanowskis, who's now going to the tournament with Colgate um, as the Patriot League Player of the Year. Yeah, um, and I mean, I mean, let's at, at the same time, like, let's you know, I agree with you. The Ryan Taylor experience, though, is maybe the, like the opposite side of that, right? Sure. So, right, right. Like, but, but, but your point about—I mean, I, I won't retract my statement that I think playing time was stupid last year, and they lost Isaiah Brown in particular, uh, it, it, unfortunately. Yeah, it's and you know, looking ahead to next year, I think you know we have three certainties. I think you can probably peg that it's going to be another short rotation, six, maybe seven guys, but probably six guys, just because we really only know three of them and the rest is just a giant question mark. Um, we know, uh, I'd say the two biggest positives for me um, are Anthony Gaines and Miller Cop. Cop clearly is going to be contributing for the next three years. He can do a little of everything. Um, he's comfortable with the ball in his hands. He can shoot. He can guard a couple different positions. Um, and you can see an upward trajectory for him, um, considering that, as Scuzz said, he probably could and should have played more. Um, he was really kind of coming along, and, and we have three more years of him. And Gaines is a special player. He really is. And I think he's a special player who is lost on a team that, you know, that had such a run of failure at the end of this season because he's a guy who does one thing really, really well, and that is defend other guards. Um, and, you know, he's a guy who can guard your one, your two, or your three and do a bang-up job. He's a phenomenal athlete. He really is like a guard version of Sanjay Lumpkin. Um, they're so similar in that regard. That's the exact kind of guy who can be a glue guy on a really, really good team, just like Sanjay was. But we don't have that kind of team right now. 
So then the question is, well, where does a guy like that fit? And I think, you know, Turner is going to be a de facto, you know, leader of the team, even though it's kind of unclear exactly what he does best. I mean, he's a good defensive player. Um, And those are the three knowns. And the rest is just question marks, right? Um, Will we get a step, you know, a leap out of Pete Nance? Ryan Young redshirted, you know, because basically... You know, he would have been sitting behind um, Pardon and Benson. So, you know, how does he come in? But it's, I mean, you don't want to put pressure on Daniel Bowie, but, I mean, this team has to have someone who can bring the ball up and create. Just watching Illinois, you know, a bunch of those little guys just run, 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 run around, push the ball, get up and down the court, you know, run motion, and be like, we don't even have one guy that can put that together right now. Um, And you you, got to hope that, like, a guy like Ryan Greer – who, you know, should be a high school senior right now. Um, he is, I, yeah, I know. I, I, I don't want to be, I, I, I don't want to be want, the Debbie Downer. I, I don't, I, I don't want to put it all on his shoulders, but hopefully, you know, his development, you know, what he was able to pick up this year, you know, he, he'll be able to take to the next level next year. And hopefully that, that sh- could be, you know, a, a factor there and on the point guard. And yeah, if, if Bowie can come in, and you know, take the reins as well, John. I know where I know where you're like hesitant to go there. We we don't need a point guard to be Juice Thompson, right? Like, we can have a point guard be freshman version of Dave Sobolewski. And, that's and that's what we had. Um, and be a, but that but we can be a lot better with that than we were this year because we didn't even have that this year. And sure. that's like you're right. I, no, you're right, and you're right. It's like we just needed something. Because yeah. like you said, we had a lot of close losses on a team that could play really good defense. But now that's, you know, now on top of that, we got to make up a lot of, you know, top our top two scorers. We've got to find points too. Um, and, you know, and it's easier to see paths to that in terms of like Robbie Barron coming in. And, you know, um, if we do get some development from Nance and do get more development from Cop, um, you know, that there, there are points to be found. And I think this team is going to continue to play good defense. Um, just with Gaines and Turner, are, that's a core of a good defensive basketball team. And, uh, and yeah, like you said, I mean, if, if we can get something better at the one than we got this year, that's something. But I think we should all steal and prepare ourselves for, you know, a potential, a potential down year on top of another, on top of another down year as this team comes, comes together. And we can be pleasantly surprised if we get something better. Well, and to be, um, I don't know if fair is the right word, but I, I, the the pressure that I do think existed this year to um, to go full speed for the benefit of of law and pardon was real, and the lack of a consistent player at one meant that Vic Law was bringing the ball up um, much of the year. I think Gaines was able to take some of the defensive pressure off of Law, but in addition to being the primary ball handler in some ways he was also the number two scorer and the primary defender until Gaines started to take over and I mean like there was we just asked so much of him I think that's why you saw him him struggle a bit uh certainly you know a potential injury played into it as well but during the course of of January early February and something like I I read it earlier today and it it kind of broke my heart it was um I think it was an inside in you article where they went into the locker room and talked to all the different yeah, guys yeah. the game poor, last night. Poor Law. And, and the interview with Law was basically him ending it by saying, like, I just I just didn't do enough. I just didn't do enough. And 
Like I don't know. I don't think Vic's listening. But if he is, or if anybody could talk to, like, dude, dude you, you did, did so much for this team, and I mean, in some ways, you could argue you did everything for this team. Um, certainly this year and over the course of your time. Like we <laughs> do not do not put that all on yourself. Um, it's not it's not fair, and it's not indicative of uh, of what of what you put out. And I think I think. 99% of Northwestern fans would agree. Um, so that, but that, that did break my heart a little bit reading that last night. And, uh, and I hope, um, I hope Vic is feeling better uh, in the, in the not immediate aftermath of that game. Well, in the interest of all of us feeling better, um, we've got some real good feels coming down the pipe for you. Trust us here. Um, we've, we, I think, you know, some of you are looking at this pod, seeing who our guest is, and you may have certain preconceived notions or, you know, or whatever, positive or negative. Um, I can guarantee you will come out of the end of this pod feeling better than you were feeling after after the game last night. I guarantee it. Um, so, so get ready. That's right. We've got Emily Harriet coming on, president of the Northwestern Wild Side. Uh, also known as the the, the shrieker or the screamer, um, she's kind of gotten some notoriety for that. Uh, but we're very very excited to have her on the pod tonight. Yeah, get uh, get some purple Kool Aid. You're going to need it in the next uh, thirty minutes. <laughs> well, we are extremely excited to welcome in Emily Harriet, uh, president of the Northwestern Wild Side, uh, to the podcast tonight. Um, you know, Emily. Thank you for taking the time to jump on with us. We really, really appreciate it. Oh my goodness! Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, you know, just just to you know, just jump in right off the bat. Um, you know, you've been uh, a part of the Wild Side for how long now? Uh, so I joined in September of 2015. Um, so that was fall quarter of my freshman year. So pretty much as early as possible. Okay, right off the bat, nice. Oh yeah. And um, you know, I, for for those has, any, has anything notable happened since you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like maybe a game or two that have been, you know, maybe a little bit exciting. Like nothing, nothing crazy has happened. You know, of course not. <laughs> it was funny. I was I had forgotten in the uh, in the aftermath of you know some of the things that you, like you were on Inside Edition. I didn't even know Inside Edition was still on. Apparently, it is. They. You were you were featured, but uh, we're you know, but uh, like Sam said, this was obviously you know you've gained a degree of fame slash notoriety in your tenure. But like like um, as as Sammy said, I mean, so take us in. First of all, one thing I'm kind of curious about: what's your major? Uh, so I study um, communication sciences and disorders and neuroscience. Um, so basically, I am just fascinated by child language development. Gotcha. So interesting, like an interesting aside to that. Um, I bring this up only because so Sam and I were both Medill. So we uh-huh. did a little bit of campus radio and stuff like that. I bring that up only because a lot of times, well, not all the time, but some of the times when you look at like a lot of the core people or people who have, you know, a huge connection to Northwestern sports or et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes there's like a journalism component to it or like, you know, some side, obviously that doesn't apply to Scuzz, who was not a journalism major, but But marching band. Yeah. And March. And then there's there's the marching band component. Exactly. So were, did you just arrive on campus just 
gung-ho Northwestern fan or like, like take us through that process of it. Like what led you to the wild side in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I did absolutely walk in gung-ho. Um, I had liked the wild side Facebook page and followed them on Twitter and all that kind of stuff, even before I stepped foot in Evanston. Um, so, you know, I've wanted to, uh, be, I've wanted to be a wildcat since about sixth grade. Um, and I've been a diehard New York Yankees fan since pretty much birth. Um, my dad, are, are, are you from the New York area or I'm from New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. I'm from New Jersey. Um, and so my dad who grew up in New York had always been a huge sports fan, um, particularly the Yankees and the New York giants. Um, and so, you know, I kind of like grew up around sports. Like that was kind of like our house thing. You know, every summer we'd go to a Yankee game and it was always this really, really big deal. And it was so much fun. Um, and so kind of when I got to, when I got accepted to Northwestern, which was like the best day in the whole wide world, probably aside from selection Sunday, two years ago, but that's fine. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds um, like a true, a true diehard. Oh, that was a fantastic day. Um, but yeah, um, so as soon as I got accepted, um, you know, it was like, oh, Northwestern sports, like Big Ten, woohoo. Um, and honestly, like um, the athletics here um, had honestly were like a somewhat of a part of my like, a, like a affinity for Northwestern. Um, like it was just one of the things that I really liked about the school. Um, you know, not necessarily to participate in them myself, but to be able to watch, you know, Big Ten teams you know, like was really, really cool. So I was very excited about that. Um, and so, yeah, so, um, I kind of, you know, as soon as I got accepted early decision, shocker, I know, um, it was super exciting. Um, and you know, as soon as I like got my like Northwestern email and like got like kind of all my like usernames and passwords and whatnot, um, you know, a couple people had told me that I should check out, there's this website called like wildcat connection. Um, and it lists like all of the student groups that you can join, like the ones that are like registered with the university. Um, and so even before I stepped foot on campus, I kind of like scrolled through the kind of, you know, see, look, look for some that like may have piqued my interest. Um, and there was one that really stood out. Um, and you can probably guess which one it was. <laughs> um, and, you know, I found them at like the student activities fair, like fall quarter, freshman year, um, you know, immediately applied. You know, that was probably the scariest interview of my entire life because I was like, oh, my goodness, you know, are they going to take me? What do I do? Like, this is going to be so much fun. But like, ah, what do I do? Um, and so that was kind of scary, but I got that, you know, fateful email that said, congrats, you're in. Um, and I was officially a member of the wild side and it was great. Uh, at, at what point did you, uh, kind of progress, uh, through the organization and, you know, as, as president or I guess outgoing president now, I mean, when, when do you hand over the reins? Yeah. So, um, April 1st, um, maybe April fool's day. Um, but it is also the first day of my, um, you know, life back to normal, I guess, um, my friend Iris Smith is taking over as president on April 1st. So my so that's the first day of fall quarter class. Sorry, spring quarter classes. Um, so I will hand over the reins on that day. And, you know, I'm sure she's going to do a great job. But I will say that it will indeed be a little bit sad for me. <laughs> so is that a year-long position? Or have, have you been involved in the kind of the leadership of that group for longer? Yeah. Um. So at the end of my freshman year, um, the president at the time, um, we actually had two co-presidents. Their names were Dan and Evan. They're fantastic. Um, but they're both two years older than me. Um, and so Dan and Evan kind of put out these applications to the whole group and, you know, you could apply for a spot on exec. And now, um, I thought about this for a long time. I was like, you know, I really want to have some sort of like leadership role in Wildside. It's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. You know, I really want to, you know, get more involved. But at the same time, you know, I was like, they're not going to give a leadership position to a freshman. Like, that's ridiculous. Because it was like spring quarter freshman year. Um, 
so I like thought I had, there was no way that this was going to happen. Um, but I figured, you know what, like why might as well do have the experience, you know, apply, see how that goes. Um, and you know, I'll really make sure I've like got it together for next year. This is kind of like a trial run. Right. Um, and so I had my, you know, filled out my application. It was probably the longest application Evan and Dan have ever read. I had so many ideas and so many thoughts. Um, and then, you know, I did the little interview situation here. Um, and then all of a sudden a week later, I got an email telling me, you know, congratulations, you, you're joining exec. This is so exciting. And I like died. Um, and it was fantastic. Um, so I was the head of our like logistics, um, for a year. Um, so responsible for, you know, like making game day happen, like in terms of like cheers and logistics and moving people where they're supposed to be and, you know, doing, conducting like spirit sessions around campus and just kind of like really the beyond end all of logistics. Um, but now I said, Dev, Evan and Dan were two years older than me. Um, and so by the time they were, by the time it was the end of my sophomore year, they were graduating and they needed, you know, a, a new leader, a new fearless leader of Wildside. Um, and so I, you know, thought about it for a while. I knew it was going to be a really big time commitment, but honestly, I was putting so much time and effort into Wildside anyway, that like, you know, why not? <laughs> um, and so I, you know, wrote, again, wrote this ridiculously long application with like a million ideas and all these other crazy things. Um, and, you know, sent it in. My interview was probably like doubly the length of everybody else's just because <laughs> I had so many things to say. Um, you know, I had I have this whiteboard at my house um, that is it's pretty big. I use it to like teach myself math, um, but I also use it to like brainstorm wild side things. Um, and like I literally had like a photo of it and was just like walking into this interview and was like ready to just like brain dump everything I'd ever thought. Um, and, you know, on Sunday of week seven of winter quarter of my sophomore year, um, I got an email and the uh, subject line was congratulations. Um, and so I like start crying before I even open the email. Um, and so, you know, like I finally, you know, managed to like see through my tears and I like open it up um, and, it, you know, starts with like, dear Emily, like, congratulations, you're the next president of Wildside. Um, and I like ran outside of my sorority house and like started screaming. Um, I was so excited. Um, and I've been the head of Wildside for the last two years and stepped down on April 1st. So you, you mentioned the screaming and uh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, l- l- lest we bury the lead. Uh, you know, you're, you kind of gained a little bit of notoriety, I, I guess. I, I don't know whether. Just a touch. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, w- with the screaming at basketball games. And I, I'm interested, you know, I, I know you've kind of talked about this in, in the past, but how did that kind of develop and, and where, you know, how did it kind of explode into the phenomenon that it kind of came to be? Um, honestly, um, it's your guess as good as mine. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really know where any of this came from. Um, but yeah, so I started, um, doing like the scream, you know, TM, um, during like high school. Actually. Sorry, sorry. I really enjoyed Oh, so TM. you, oh, so you, so you were already weaponized when you arrived on campus. Oh, those. you bet. I was ready. Love it. Um, oh yeah. Um, so during in high school, um, I ran track and cross country and, um, obviously like in these sports, like the, it's relatively spread out. Like you're not in an arena, like basketball, like you either have like a 5k cross country course or like you've got a 400 meter track to work with. Um, and so, you know, when my friends were running, you know, I would stand up and start screaming, um, you know, cheering for them, you know, to, you know, make them move faster, you know, the important things. Um, and so, I just kind of had this scream going and I, we all, my friends and I all thought it was funny that like you could hear me if I was standing at the finish line, you could hear me halfway across the track at the 200 meter mark. Um, and you know, we all just thought it was funny. It was just the thing I did, you know, it was like, Oh, there's Emily. She's yelling again. Like, ha ha, this is funny. 
Um, and it wasn't really that big of a deal because it was, you know, outside. Um, you know, and then when I got to Northwestern, um, you know, I went to my first football game and I was like off the walls excited. Um, we went, you like, you went to the, your first football game with like your orientation group. Um, and you know, my orientation group was like five other first years. Um, and we had two orientation leaders, um, and nobody was really interested in football. Um, but I convinced one of the orientation leaders to stay with me through the end of the game because I didn't know how to get back to campus, but I didn't want to leave at halftime like everybody else. Um, poor Drew, he ended up getting like horribly sunburned because he stayed way longer than he thought he was going to. And I still feel bad. Um, but that was a fantastic game. It was so fun. Um, Which game was it? It was, oh, it was fall quarter freshman year. It was the first one we were on campus. Stanford. No, it wasn't Stanford. Oh, no, it was. Um, oh, what would it have been? That's a good Um, question. I just remember being so overwhelmed. And I remember my dad telling me, you know how that we do like the wildcat dash? Yeah. Yes. Um, I remember my dad telling me I had to purposefully fall to like steal some grass off the field to like give to him. <laughs> um, I ended up not doing that, um, but that was fun. Um, but yeah, um, so I didn't really do it like freshman year, um, mostly because I was kind of self-conscious. I didn't really know the people I was with. You know how you like you're like fake friends with everybody, like, you know, as soon as you step foot on campus because you're just terrified you don't have any friends. Um, so that was me. Um, so I didn't really do, you know, didn't really do the scream per se, like, you know, for some of fall quarter freshman year, I was kind of worried about judgment. Um, but by the time basketball season hit, I had made friends and I didn't really care anymore. Um, and so I just started screaming. Um, but it really kind of picked up, uh, at Allstate arena. Um, unfortunately, because we were so far away from campus, um, there weren't that necessarily, you know, the large crowd of students that we wanted attending all these games. Cause it was so far away and such a time commitment. Um, and so it kind of became, louder and more obvious, I guess, with like fewer students in the student section. Um, and so my good friend, uh, Teddy Greenstein, um, you know, found me at a game. Um, one of my friends actually outed me on Twitter as the screamer. Um, when he tweeted about it, he was like, Oh, I wonder if the screamer is coming tonight. And then she tweeted at him and she was like, yes, she is. And you know, here's her Twitter handle. Oh no! Um, and yeah. And I like, didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. I, I did honestly, he's got like, what, like 25,000 followers. I was like, there's no way he's going to see this. Um, but it turns out uh, he did. Um, he did see it. Um, he DM'd me on Twitter. Uh, next thing I knew, there was an article from the Tribune out um, and people were, you know, commenting left and right. Uh, this was way more polarizing than I ever thought it was going to be, to be completely honest. Um, so that blew up a little bit. Um, and then it really blew up again um, when the athletic department asked me to stop. Um, and then, you know, that was kind of, you know, here we are. <laughs> I am really curious about your, your strategy. Cause to, so to my ear, um, this is started... what I, this is what I was going to say. Like you <laughs> yeah. seem to use it as a weapon or that's yeah, like, like obviously you're screaming when, uh, Northwestern's on defense and let's, obviously. let's be clear where we're coming from. Like as, a, as a numb member, I've, I've screamed i'm hoarse after every game i ever go to because i scream so much on on defense yeah, maybe I, I, not as honestly, much anymore honestly i'm surprised your voice is as good as it is tonight um i drank a lot of water beforehand um and really did not say much today because i knew that i didn't want to sound like you know a i don't like a horse disaster <laughs> on this podcast tonight so that was intentional <laughs> so is it i like did it start with free throws did it start with just all-purpose defense like where did it where did the where did you first start deploying it definitely started where did you first start deploying it 
<laughs> I mean, I guess it is a weapon. I don't know. Um, some guy from um, U of I said that he confirmed with multiple team members that it was annoying. So, I mean, I guess you're right. Um, but, yeah, I started um, with free throws um, because I didn't really have, like, the endurance yet, you know. Um, you know, the, it's honestly, it's hard. Like, you know, I'll, like, it's fun and stuff like that. And it's funny. And, you know, it makes me feel like, you know, I'm the sixth guy off the bench. Whether I am or not, I still have no idea. But, you know, it makes me feel like that. Um, and so, um, yeah, it kind of like I started just doing like free throws every once in a while and kind of built up to like all the free throws. Obviously, when they when the opposing team is shooting that when we're shooting, that's dumb. Um, and then um, it kind of built up to just kind of like, well, I, you know, I have the endurance from like football season. So I might as well just, you know, yell for the whole basketball game when we're on defense and then after like an important offensive play for us. So the it, it, where do I want to go with this? I'm, what, I'm, can, can I, I just, I got to share a vignette from way back in the day. Uh, <laughs> so right. Sam and I have a good friend from, uh, from band who, who was in my year and, uh, we would get really excited when we could hear her on TV. Um, are you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like she, she used to scream in like, like short staccato bursts or she'd try to say things that were like borderline offensive but said in an innocent way in, a, in an extremely high-pitched voice and um like we had, like there were long email threads on our on our group uh yahoo stuff back in the day when when before twitter and, and shit existed like let's just be clear about how old we are um so like the the idea of the fan influence on what's happening on the court or the field. Like I believe that in my bones, that that is, that that is something that is true and, and that, and that can be done. And especially with free throws, right? Like, so, um, so I just, I feel like a little bit of, of, of kindred support for you, Emily, in, in your, in your efforts here, because it, it does, it does tie in a lot to what, like, if, if I can use the phrase, like what I grew up doing at Northwestern when I was in school, like that was our whole, our whole, idea as as band members we are here to try and influence things on behalf of our team um and i know for a fact we did stuff that annoyed the heck out of fans so <laughs> right i so and it's and you know i mean hopping on the real talk express um we don't want to get too sanctimonious here because and i'm sure you know this i'm sure you probably even directly know people our listenership is certainly split on the scream or the shriek, as it's popularly known in media, um, it's—I mean, it's very noticeable. It's noticeable on TV. I'm sure it's noticeable in in a stadium, especially in an otherwise quiet stadium. And again, there's a lot to unpack there in terms yeah. of, in terms of if you were surrounded by two thousand other screaming fans, it would be a different story. We don't yeah. have that kind of history. Um, but again, it's like. We do want to acknowledge, right, like we we do want to acknowledge that part of the reason so much of this came about is some people, including listeners to our pod, and I'm not saying all listeners to our pod, just some, um, had, uh, you know, had a negative reaction to it. And I think it's important, we feel that it's important to acknowledge that and be like, look, we're not, you know, your mileage may vary um, on on this. But I think the thing that's really important to us, and this is why I kind of want to do a, a a soft pivot in a second to something you mentioned earlier, is that, you know, the scream, the shriek aside, you're basically like if you designed a Northwestern fan in a lab, we would design you like you, <laughs> you're, you're talking about 
you know, that you've been a, a Northwestern sports fan since you were in high school in New Jersey, that it yep. was your dream to come here, go bananas for the, you know, fake tripping on the first day so you can grab turf off of Ryan Field. I mean, like, literally, if we could make a fan in a lab, that would be it. And then, you know, it's like you can quibble over the methods, um, but, you know, to Scuzz's point earlier, I mean, it's like you're coming to the games and just lobbing grenades out there. And it's like you're like there's some collateral damage going along with that. But, I mean, like your intent is to just is just come for battle every game. And it's fantastic. And we all go back. Sam. Well, I mean, Sam is two years older than we are, mm -hmm. but goes Sam goes back to the, you know, to the Rose Bowl season. So Sam, uh, not quite, not quite. The, the season right, the before, season after, right? the season after, the, se or the season after, right? So you know, we were all in high school, basically being a part of the. You know, Sam was a senior, and we would have been sophomores when the Rose Bowl happened, and oh, cool. and that was so we were part of the first group of high school kids to actually look at Northwestern sports and think anything. Other than the losing streak. I'm not going to so, lie. The, the Rose Bowl season was the reason I took a really good, hard look at Northwestern. I was, I was looking at other – Absolutely. No, for right. sure. I, I was looking at a bunch of other schools around the Big Ten. And, you know, as, as – because I'm from Colorado originally. Gary Barnett was a coach at Colorado. And, he, and when he came to Northwestern, I saw, I saw that. I saw they started winning. I'm like, okay – I could get in on the ground floor of this. This is going to be a lot of fun. And that's why right. that's why I really took a hard look at Northwestern. Well, and there's and, this and, crazy sequence yeah. of events around the Rose Bowl where, A, prior to that, like there were components of the Northwestern administration that thought being bad at sports was good for the school's reputation. And then I, the year it was either the year after or two years after the Rose Bowl, applications went up threefold. And they were kind of like, oh, Right. So, and Emily, to, you know, to, I'm, I'm from New Hampshire, so I know what it's like to be from the Northeast yet have and have this obsession with Northwestern sports that isn't really held by most of the people around me. Um, so, so, I mean, again, it's, it's to the point of just acknowledging everything. It's like, we can acknowledge that, that people have differing opinions on the scream and you know when it's used and everything else but aside from that i just you're what we want a fan to be someone who's just like shows up at campus being like part of the reason i'm here is to go bananas um i can study <laughs> linguistics and at the same time just plan about how i'm going to get inside the other team's head i mean and and to the other point in terms of like this thing getting really big, um, we, I mean, when we were in school, or I guess it would have been, Sam, I don't know if you were still there. There was this whole thing with Bobby Knight. Oh, no, I, I was there. The yeah, front was, end of it happened your senior year, Sammy, when no, no, Northwestern. That, that was, no, that was, 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 was my junior year. Yeah. Oh, your junior. Senior year, I was calling the game, the return game of Bobby Knight. Oh, to... so, okay. Yeah, so, the front end was our freshman year, job. Yeah, okay, Sammy. So, yeah, so Sam was sitting 20 feet away from where I was when this went down because Bobby Knight came out. There was a whole there was a whole background that a lot of our listeners will be familiar with and some won't, that there that the year before there was a whole thing where the fans were chanting, who's your daddy, which was just a harmless play on words, but Knight got it in his head that it was something more and went bananas and practically assaulted Kevin O'Neill on the court afterwards. And then, 
it all led to this huge fracas. What's going to happen when he comes back the following year? Like the the, so the we students were, just came ready. We, for... we were loaded for bear. <clears throat> and, and he came out with a bag of candy and started handing candy to the students or tossing it into the crowd. And I was screaming bloody murder at him. Uh, I, I can only imagine what I was yelling at. And I was front row. And he walked around the hoop over to me and handed me a piece of candy, which I threw back at him. <laughs> and I look back at that now and I'm like, that could have gone any number of ways. Like, potentially I could have been kicked out of the game or it could have been like a thing. If he gets like physical and then it becomes like a whole thing. But the pride with which I look back upon that event, it's one of my proudest moments of my life. I'm not saying I would tell my child to do something like that. I'm just saying in the moment, I understand how you do things because you're just, you show up loaded for bear. Um, so with all this said, one of the things that we wanted to talk about, and you mentioned it earlier in that, you know, the the screaming thing is just an outpouring of just how big of a fan you are. And you talked about when you ran for executive position that you showed up with this laundry list of, of ideas and things. So kind of take us through the Emily Harriet era of the wild side. What are some of the kind of things? What were your initiatives? What what did you do? What were the things that you put in place or tried to get accomplished? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, wow, uh, you know, stop, cut me off at some point. Um, but I kind of, you know, came in with like 50 billion ideas. And, you know, as of course, you know, what would what anybody would expect, half of them like failed miserably. But, you know, I tried. Um, I spent a lot of time um, trying to come up with different ways to like engage students um, to get them more involved. Um, previously, a lot of our like social media presence and like kind of like our like overall like, you know, just presence was like, oh, my goodness, look at the athletes. And like, well, that's great. Like, we're the student section. So I started featuring students on like our Instagram and Twitter. Like, you know, here's our like fan of the month. Like, you know, here's our like wonderful, you know, super fan, you know, whoever. And, you know, Jerome is great or like Nana's fantastic or like Brody's really cool. And like all these like fun people that you see in the student section. Um, I started doing um, like spirit sessions in like a lot of their res halls. Um so just kind of going in and being like, hey, like, you know, let's do like a nice round of the fight song and like, let's do some Northwestern football trivia. So like, you know, if somebody says Clayton Thorson on Saturday, like, you know who they're talking about um, and, you know, kind of like getting people like during like home game football weeks, um, like, you know, kind of like doing like that and kind of, you know, get getting people like more aware of um, different games. Um, we started um, like heavily, heavily, aggressively flyering campus um, every like home game football week and then for like the big football for the big basketball games um we also started um like essentially like <laughs> we're such children um writing in chalk like all over the sidewalks when it wasn't snowing um like advertising different games um we added um we tried to add a couple new cheers um at the towards the end of football season um they haven't necessarily caught on yet because we did it for like the last two um but you know i'm very confident that they'll catch on next year um we uh, we actually have um, a very big thing happening um, in uh, in this upcoming football season um, involving a giant flag. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, let's see what other things did we do. Um, oh, I also um, increased like the size of Wildside by like five times. That's a, that's what I was just going to ask about is um, <laughs> the the profile of Wildside, the size of Wildside, and then. So for, for reference, um, 
when we were in school, like Wildside didn't exist, but there was a group called the Welsh Ryan Rowdies. Um, oh, that's so fun! Which it was a good name. Um, their mo was was basically talking trash to the opposing coach and and shouting things at players on the free throw line, and they always came prepared with like a with a sheet of stuff. Um, they talked about the toughest ninety four feet in the Big Ten, which I thought was a really good slogan. Um, and then, so this is funny, and this will date us a little bit too. Um, you are the second Wildside president that has been on our podcast. Um, Who's the first one? Our tenth episode uh, in 2011, um, we had Megan Dunham on. Oh no way! And uh, and at, and it was like we were we didn't know what we were doing yet. We had just started this 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 thing, and um, but I never got the impression that the Wildside was at the at that time that it was super engaged with the athletic department. That's obviously changed. I mean, there's, you know, there's been talk of your conversation with Morty and, and, and how engaged you are with the athletic department in, um, whether it's promoting the well side, et cetera. Like, how does that work? How, how has that maybe changed over the past five or six years? Uh, that feels like a big shift. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, at past five or six years, I'm not really quite sure. I can definitely speak to the past three and two thirds though. Um, so, you know, we get, um, a lot of our funding from the athletic department. Uh, we collaborate with them on like the giveaways that you see all over our Twitter. Um, so, you know, anytime that there's like, you know, some wild and crazy cool shirt that we're giving away or like food or whatever, um, like Wildside probably has some sort of hand in that. Um, in terms of, um, so that's like with the athletic department, like, you know, we do a lot with them. Like, um, you know, we're trying to, we're, um, already like organizing a couple like themed nights for like next year's basketball season. Um, we do like anytime we do some sort of like um, collaboration with like another student org um, for like an, especially a non-revenue sport, like they're usually super involved, um, you know, kind of like, and they also do their own like kind of like promotions. Like they'll send emails to students who are subscribed to the Northwestern athletics, like listserv, um, things like that. Um I was speaking which in terms of another thing um, we did with Wildside, we started like a text platform. Um, so it like um, you like you receive well, like I'll send texts. Um, it's under the name like Wild Guide um, to like students who subscribe, um, reminding them of like games and stuff like that. That was another thing that we did. Um, but yeah, um, so in terms of like the athletic department, you know, they like, you know, push like games as well. They work with us for like themes. Um, you know, we work with them for like funding and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like our like kind of our for the past four years like our engagement with like the athletic department has pretty much been the same there's been some turnover in that department um but you know they're all you know especially within like the marketing team you know they're all great and you know they've all helped us out and you know we're a whole big team there um but in terms of like the the rest of the administration um like I feel like um one of the things that I'm proud of is that I got you know us to have like a higher profile in terms of them um you know like I did a whole um like I went to New York um, with alumni relations and development um, and did a whole like, you know, like fundraiser campaign event there where I was like, you know, the student you can ask questions to um, and, you know, met Morty <laughs> and, you know, got to talk to him. Um, and, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, every time I see him at a game, he'll, you know, ask how's Wildside going and, you know, asking how my life is, you know, especially in relation to Wildside um, and things like that. Um, and, you know, now like all of a sudden, like the people who run like the like real adults who like run homecoming um, are like reaching out and asking for like Wildside's help in like promoting things. Um, same deal with like, um, you know, some of the, um, like I worked with um, Chris Loughton, the like logistics men's basketball guy. 
um, to like help figure out how to work um, like all state last year and like busing and students and things like that. Um, you know, he asked for my hand in that. Um, so I feel like the kind of like bigger than just the marketing department in athletics, like kind of like now is like more aware of us. And they're like, yes, like this is a great organization, you know, great people, you know, they're doing great things for our athletic teams. How much collaboration, I mean, and this comes from a, a former band guy, how much collaboration sure. is there with, with the band? Because I know when, you know, back, again, we're old, uh, back, back, when, <laughs> back when we were in school, it seemed like the band was kind of driving the cheers and, and all that, and the students would follow. So how has that shifted, you know, throughout the years? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, in terms of like, you know, again, I can really only speak to the last like four years, sure, um, but sure. that it's still a fair amount of time. Um, I feel like um, it's kind of become a little bit more split. Like, you know, of course, you'll do the classic, like, you know, go, cats, go, go, like that one. Like, obviously, like the band will eat it um, and stuff like that. But I feel like there are more, um, more like grassroots type cheers. Like, you know, we start like, you know, the classic go UNUs, you know, anytime any player, you know, especially in basketball, like airballs it, like we'll start that. Um, you know, anytime, um, you know, like something like anytime, like we, so actually kind of like the Welsh Ryan rowdies, um, we create, um, like sheets like that, um, kind of like cheat sheets basically, um, to, you know, have like the, like other teams, like regular starting five and like, you know, different like taunts that we come up with and things like that. Um, and so, you know, we'll like generally start those, um, kind of like more like in-game player specific, like relevant to something that happened two minutes ago type deal. So I'd say in terms of like the more like traditional cheers, like that's probably still like, especially any that start with anything remotely instrumental, um, that would definitely be the band. Uh, but in terms of like more like the, like the kind of like impromptu, like surprise, we're just going to go yell at this one guy because he looks like a baby face, like, you know, things like that. That's definitely us. So Emily, we, you know, we don't want to keep you on forever, but one other thing we were really curious about is, um, your, so in addition to all this stuff you've been doing, you've had the the privilege um, to be a part of the winningest four-year stretch in Northwestern football history oh, and a basketball stretch that we'll say had highs and lows, but included <laughs> our first uh, NCAA tournament appearance. So first of all, um, do you do you put one in front of the other? Like, you know, is is football your primary? Is basketball your primary? Like if, you know, do you consider yourself one one above the other, or are they equal to you? Oof, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, in terms of like, um, you know, the oh, this is this is a tough one. Um, I mean, in like in my eyes, like first of all, I just have to say that it has been an absolute like privilege to have you know literally had a front row seat, like I think you guys said, um, to see all of these incredible things. Um, you know the. I, I would not trade, like, these four years of Northwestern sports, like, for the world. Highs, lows, whatever. You know, lost to Akron, you know, lost to Illinois last night, but also, like, NCAA tournament and, like, you know, Big Ten West. So, like, yeah, oh, my goodness, it's been amazing. Um, it's, not mean, good, it's not going to go away, you know. It's not going to – you'll still feel this way 15 years from now. It's just <laughs> going to be more – it's just going to be more peaks and valleys. Welcome to the roller coaster. <laughs> Thanks. I'm so excited. We love the cardiac cats. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would kind of like, you know, maybe the, you know, the, the high of basketball was like higher than the high of football, but like also like football was just kind of like generally, I feel like a little bit more, um, like successful over the whole four years. So honestly, like I put them on equal footing. They're both, they both have been a wild time. 
What about like a top three moments? If you had to boil it down to, you know, the, your your peak moments of football and basketball, how would you rank them? I have a hunch we, we've kind of already know what your number one is. but Yes, number one would definitely be, um, you know, the Selection Sunday, like, you know, that whole, that entire event was unreal. Oh, my goodness. To be like part of that was just the coolest thing in the whole wide world. Um Oh man, uh, it would probably be a, I really, first of all, I really wish, um, we had clinched the West at home. That would have been the coolest thing ever. Um, but tragically we didn't, but that's okay. Um, the Michigan game is definitely up there. The basketball Michigan game is definitely up there. Um, the Michigan state football game where I got to rush the field was super cool because I was the first one on the field. Um, so that was pretty wild. Um, <laughs> everybody, like we were kind of standing there and we were like, Cause it was like, you know what, however many overtimes. And so we're standing there and we're like, do we rush it? Do we not rush it? Like, what do we do? What do we do? And then I was like, all right, we're just going to go and do it. Um, and so we like, you know, I was the first one out on the field and, you know, it was like jumping around screaming and it was like the coolest thing ever. Um, so I'd say probably like those three, but like, I don't think I can really, you know, rank the other two, you know, they're kind of like tied. It was really cool. Northwestern sports are so fun. <laughs> we agree. <laughs> I'm so glad. And that's why I'm so excited to be here. Cause I mean, like, you know, like the Northwestern student population, you know, like you're like, I feel like they're, you know, it's like fair to say a lot of people come here for the academics and not necessarily the athletics. And so, you know, they're not like, you know, diehard. Many students here are not necessarily like the, you know, diehard, like born and bred, you know, was a Northwestern fan in utero, like type deal. Um, and so it's just really cool to like be able to talk to you guys who, you know, are as about as diehard as I am. So yeah, we, we, we live and breathe this stuff. Um, I was, I was curious to ask if, if you feel like trajectory amongst the student population is, is going in a positive direction. I mean, obviously this is, I think unequivocally, this has been the best four four year stretch of of, when you're standing in the dorms, singing the fight song, (laughs) how many people are there singing along with you? That's what we're asking. Well, honestly, it depends on the dorm. Um, you know, some of the smaller ones, it's me and like five other people. Um, at one point I had 50, so, you know, sweet. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that beats anything that happened while we were at Northwestern. So. <laughs> I mean, it's I, it's definitely clear that the alumni base is excited about the new stadium, uh, well, or the the revitalized stadium. Um, I'm what, I'm well on the record that I wanted to blow it up and start over, but that's another that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> but between Welsh Ryan and uh, winning the Big Ten West, obviously the tournament, the the on campus facility, like. The the media perspective are Northwestern and the alumni perspective are Northwestern are pretty positive. I like. Do you feel like the trajectory is 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 positive in the student population as well? I because I feel like there's a countervailing um, trend of just more and more pressure on the academic side. Um, I mean, I would definitely say that you know, especially like as our like rankings decrease, increase, go higher. Like, well, you, I mean, you know what I mean. Um, you yeah. know, like. Yeah. Uh, a lot of students are coming here for the academics. You know, we just became a top 10 university, which is absolutely wild. I still think my application was put in the wrong pile, but, you know, I will take it. Um, but, yeah, I feel like student, like generally I feel like students are coming here for the academics, but then, you know, get exposed to how good our athletic teams are now. Like, you know, a long time ago, you know, when we had those terrible losing stretches, you know, at, like that was just kind of like whatever. But now when they get here and they see, hey, we won, you know, the Big Ten West, you know, hey, we went to the tournament two years ago. Like, hey, you know, lacrosse is, you know, currently ranked top 10 in the country. Hey, you know, fencing just won the Midwest regionals. Like, you know, people start to kind of like put these things together and it's like, oh, athletics are a thing. Um, and, you know, start to, 
you know, get involved in that. I feel like the draw here is obviously the academics as opposed to the athletics, but I feel like once you get here, people are starting to get involved, which is really cool to see. You know, I, um, this past year, um, in September when we played, so the first game with students back on campus was the Michigan game. Um, and so they do this thing called the first, the first year tailgate, um, where they have all the first years. So the freshmen and the transfers, um, like tailgate before the game, and then they all kind of do the wildcat dash and then, you know, go watch the game. Um, and the number of like students that I talked to, um, kind of like wandering through the, the, the tailgate, they were like, Oh my goodness. Like this is my first football game ever. Like, I'm so excited. I heard we're really good. Um, and that was just really, like, that was, that was like, my years. I like cried the first time I heard that it was the coolest thing. <laughs> that's, that's pretty amazing. That is oh, amazing. It was so wonderful. Oh my goodness. Oh, I have, so I have one more question. Um, and that is, um, just to, to kind of bring, bring it back to the thing you are most nationally known for, um, every year. And I guess it's not every year, but this year you are the most famous student college sports supporter in the country. (laughs) Um, I think if you go not every year has one, but, but every year or most years there is one. Sometimes it's for, you know, an infamous reason. I mean, there was surrender Cobra guy at Michigan had his year. There was wild bill, his whole period at Utah state wild, wild bill. Um, there was the, the you know the the Duke Speedo guy. We could go all the way that far. Um, oh, so you're in this you're in this weird fraternity slash sorority. Um, the that that of people who you know you will always exist in annals as being the most famous sports fan of the 2018 2019 year. What is that? What does that feel like? That is it's just a. I mean there there. Are, not more than 20 people who can say that. Um, what does it feel like? Uh, it's definitely a little weird. Um, you know, it's just like, this has been something that I've literally, like I said, been doing since high school. And like, all of a sudden, you know, it has all this like massive media attention. Like, um, for example, last night, um, you know, we were, we're at this game, you know, and I'm standing there amongst a bunch of my friends, you know, we're right behind the band. I'm so excited. You know, tip off's about to start, you know, we're all like going crazy, singing the fight song, all that kind of good stuff, you know, as I'm sure you guys very fondly remember from your college days. Um, and you know, all of a sudden the first time out hits and then, you know, the, yes, the BTN camera is like in my face and they're like, Oh my goodness, you know, there she is. <laughs> like, do it, do it. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was crazy. Um, and so just like, it's just honestly, like, it's just weird. Um, like, you know, all of a sudden this camera's in my face and they're expecting me to like, you know, dance. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what do I do? I'm so self-conscious. Like, what do I do now? Um, and you know, I had this random guy who like, you know, bef- like I was walking around trying to find, um, my friends and I like got separated security. So I was like trying to find them cause it's general admission. So I was trying to find them and I'm, you know, walking down the aisles to go see them. And you know, some guy wearing a Michigan state shirt comes up to me and he's like, oh my goodness, you're Emily. And I was like, hello it's me <laughs> and he was like oh my goodness like you're you're emily and i was like yeah, yeah i guess so um and so he um you know asked to take a selfie and i was like yeah sure i guess um you know people have asked for my autograph like we take i take selfies with random people all the time a couple home games ago somebody handed me their baby and asked me to take a photo with it <laughs> that was crazy <laughs> um but yeah um but like overall um you know it's like kind of like strange and weird as it has been like you know people do like double takes on campus now like you know all with all like the media attention i remember there's the day um it got published in the daily northwestern um i was like on the front page there was like literally a photo of me like on the front page um and i'm walking into norris as this one guy is walking out and he's holding 
newspaper and I like tripped or like made some sort of like noise or something. I am a klutz. It's fine. Um, I like, you know, kind of make some sort of noise and I can see that he's like watching, like reading the newspaper with my face on it. And so I make this noise like completely accidentally and all of a sudden I like look up and you know he looks at me and he does like a quadruple take and I was like oh my goodness he recognizes me and like ran into Norris because I was like so self-conscious um but I think the, the best part of this has been you know the opportunity to talk about how much I love Northwestern um because like you know I'll just I'll talk to a captive audience I'll talk to anybody I'll talk to a brick wall about how much I love Northwestern it's like it's the greatest school in the whole wide world um, you know, I would, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't here, honestly, like, it's just, this has been the greatest four years in the whole wide world. Um, and it's not, not over yet. Um, but just being given the opportunity to talk about how much I love Northwestern to people that like, you know, can like further spread the word. Um, like, I feel like, I mean, you know, if for, being from New Hampshire, um, I feel like you might get it. Like being from the East coast, people are like Northwestern who, or like, don't you mean Northeastern in Boston? Um, yep. Like the number of people who said to me, like, oh, my goodness, like, have so much fun in Boston. It's a great city. And I was like, I mean, it is a great city except for Fenway. But like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Um, but yeah, so just being able to talk about how much I love Northwestern in front of people who can, like, you know, spread the word about how great Northwestern is has been really cool. Uh, so before we let you go, and again, we really appreciate you taking the time. What's next for you? Uh, you're graduating this spring. Uh, where, where are you going from here? Yeah, so that's a, that's a, that is a good question. Um, so I, um, you, you can, you can leave it vague, uh, per the earlier selfie conversation. Oh no, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, um, so I want to, I studied child language development. Um, I think child language acquisition is so cool. It's just this like wild process. Brains are really cool. People, how people learn is like fascinating. Um, but anyway, um, so I, um, work in a research lab right now. Um, and I want to work in like another research lab for like a year or two, um, to kind of, you know, further improve my like critical thinking, research skills, neuroimaging techniques, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then I want to go on and get a clinical master's and a PhD to, um, you know, contribute to the scientific body of research, um, to hopefully improve our diagnostic measures for things like developmental language disorders and dyslexia very cool is, is it would that ass. would that be in chicago or you're you looking nationally internationally uh yeah so it's kind of like all over the place um you know i don't really know where i'll end up um i guess i guess we'll find out yeah <laughs> i'm <laughs> sure you'll see it on twitter at some point um you know um but i'm hoping to stay close by so you know i can be a, be one of those season ticket holders oh my goodness that's weird my wild card doesn't get me in anymore you know like i have to buy a ticket weird really, emily wherever you land uh i am excited to to read in some alumni newsletter the following year that uh your local alumni association has been voted alumni association of the year <laughs> i i am quite confident that's going to happen and and more than anything i just want to say like we really appreciate your enthusiasm and and your love uh for northwestern that we share uh, don't don't stop uh, talking about it, repping it, um, doing all those things. The 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 alumni need as much uh, or if not more encouragement than um, than your fellow students do currently. So uh, keep up the good fight, and uh, uh, we look forward to to catching some games with you in the future. Oh, thank you so much! Oh my goodness, this is so fun! Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will do my best. No promises about the Alumni Association of the Year, but I will give it my best shot. Well, once again, uh, Emily Harriet, president of the or outgoing president of the Northwestern Wildside, uh, such a treat to have her on uh, the podcast tonight. You definitely appreciate her taking the time. And wow, I mean, I'm I'm just re- I'm gonna go dive into our our summer previews right now, guys. I'm I'm ready. 
I'm ready. She stoked me up. I'm I'm ready. To get where's my Athlon preview? I'm ready to just knock these things all out in a row. <laughs> Twenty hours. Let's do it. Well, uh, we got um, uh, with Northwestern not moving on, obviously in, into postseason play. Uh, we are getting real, real close to Selection Sunday, and um, you know we'll have our annual Westlaw Pirates uh, bracket challenge on ESPN. So keep your eyes peeled on that uh, on our website westlawpirates.com or on our Twitter and Facebook feeds. Uh, we'll have links to that, and uh, always a good time to. To just roll the bones and see what happens, because I don't know about you guys, but I feel woefully unprepared for the for the basketball tournament this season. But uh, we'll we'll have our basketball preview coming up um, early part of next week, hopefully, and uh, definitely excited to to get March Madness underway in full. You you know I'm already digging into that college hockey tournament. Oh yeah. I, I, I fr- fresh off a of Minnesota State high school title for my uh, for my Dinah Hornets. Hell yeah! yeah con- congrats, guys! Congrats! Um, yeah, and you know now we get to pivot to lacrosse and softball, two non-revenue sports that most likely are going to be playing a slew of big games um, in the regular and postseason. So yes, um, they're the ones that that don't generate the dollars. They're the ones that have less eyeballs. But if you all came out of basketball season ready to see Northwestern in the win column. A lot of times you should be watching some softball and some lax. And with that, we'll go ahead and leave it there for this week. Uh, head to our website, westlawpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Uh, find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, at Westlaw Pirates. You can call our voicemail line, 847-231-2287. That's 847-231-CATS. And email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. And look for us in the West Lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Skazbaugh, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.